My first job, I got them up. I think it was like five or six grand from the initial offer. So I've always yeah. negotiated like higher than the initial offer. And then my second job was higher paying than my first. I'm on my third job now. So I've done a lot since I've gotten into this position and I've already negotiated my salary, I think three times. <laughs> so wow. in less than two years. Welcome to the Quit Work Podcast, 15-minute conversations with people who are thinking of quitting their jobs and going their own way. I'm Mark, and today I'm talking to A from Growing Her Wealth, who's totally on top of her finances at the age of 27 and aiming for a degree of financial independence by the age of 30. A has an Instagram, at Growing Her Wealth, where she shares inspiring personal financial updates. Hey, welcome to the Quit Work Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I, I'm really glad to have you on the podcast because you're earlier in your financial journey than many of my guests, and it's really good to get perspectives from every stage of the journey. So let's start with financial independence. You're aiming for Coast Fire by the age of 30. So what does Coast Fire mean to you, and, and why is it the goal for you? So basically, once I hit... Coast Fire, I will be able to not have to contribute anymore for retirement. And I could just have a job that is low stress, or I could switch jobs all the time. I just really wouldn't have to worry about having finances when I retire. And it's just nice to have that flexibility where I can kind of choose where I want my time to be allocated instead of working. Like my job yeah. right now is very high stress and a lot of, lot of hours. And yeah. it's it's great right now, but I, I wouldn't be able to sustain this for another 30 years. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, so I guess most people like save for their retirement over their entire career of many decades. So, so the idea for you is that you're saving for your retirement, like right at the beginning of your career and you're going to have enough for your retirement by the age of 30. With Coast Fire, it's more so that you have enough invested that by the time you're 65, uh, then you'll have the amount. So you still have to work yeah. Um, yeah, to cover your expenses. So it's not like I'm actually financially free. I'm just yeah less pressured, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it makes such a lot of sense because the money you're putting towards your retirement now has such a long time to grow between now and the age of 65. So it's a, a really smart exactly. way to go. It's like front loading, basically. If, you, if I can front load enough, then I don't have to... I can spend that money in my 30s instead of investing yeah. it. I can spend it on experiences and whatever else I may want to spend it on. And do you have an idea of like how much money you will need after you've reached Coast Fire to cover your expenses? If you've got numbers in mind for that or just an impression in mind of how much you're going to need to earn from work? So right now I'm living in an apartment. So it would kind of depend if I buy a house or if I choose to continue renting. Yeah. But if I continue renting, it wouldn't even need 3000 a month to live yeah. off of. So it would be like maybe 2500 at most, which isn't too bad, honestly. So yeah, just need to cover that amount. Yeah, that gives you a lot more freedom in terms of what work you would like to do. You're able to go into jobs that earn a lot less money than otherwise you might. Definitely. 
So let's talk about the job you have right now. So you work in food quality assurance, which obviously makes you an essential worker. So what was it like continuing to work at a food facility through the pandemic? Yes. Yeah, so I actually, I've kind of been a job hopper throughout the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I worked actually in alcohol at the start, which is also considered essential. Um, so I, <laughs> I worked the entire pandemic for the, during alcohol and then I moved to pharmaceuticals. So yeah. also essential. And now I'm in another food that's considered essential. So I've never not gone in. I haven't had yeah. the work from home opportunity. Some days, like today I worked from home, but I just finished a really big audit. So I have more flexibility after I put in a lot of hours last week. But for the most part, gotcha. you still have yeah. to commute. And sometimes during the pandemic, like nobody else was going in. So there would be absolutely no traffic. It would be like a ghost town. <laughs> wow. And it was just very strange because I knew that a very small percentage of the population would be going out. And yeah, you just don't really necessarily think of your food manufacturing as being essential workers. You think more like doctors and nurses. Yeah. But yeah, we need food too. So you've said you've seen a lot of stress and burnout among your co-workers. I don't know if that was during the pandemic or that continues. Why is that? Why is there so much stress at work? Basically, the companies that I've worked for, it seems that nobody hires enough people. So yeah. Because there's not enough people, everyone has too many tasks. So you have your your plate is just too full. You can't get it done in the amount of hours you're supposed to work, but it still has to get done yeah. in one way or another. Maybe you don't perform well when you do it. Maybe you do it poorly, or maybe you'd stay the extra time and do it well. And again, because I'm early in my career, I'm trying to prove myself to a certain extent. So. I've yeah. been doing the, the extra hours and it's paid off so far. I've gotten promoted and gotten yeah. a couple raises and I've really, I've moved up. So it has been worthwhile stress and extra work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so, so what's your plan for work from here? You've mentioned to me that after Coastfire, because you have more freedom to maybe earn a little bit less money, that you might use that freedom to move into lower paying work. What would that look like for you? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm really interested in a lot of not for profits in my area because oh, yeah. we have a lot of food insecurity in the province that I live in, and. Yeah. There's a lot of different programs that I would love to be involved with and get on board and maybe work for them, but it's just I wouldn't be able to live off of those salaries necessarily. Just given the, the cost of living right now, it's just it, yeah. I wouldn't have the same lifestyle if I had those jobs right now. So it would be more fulfilling for me to do something along those lines. And once I reach Coast Fire, I'll actually be able to pick roles that are more fulfilling, that meet my needs in a different way than my current job does. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so you've obviously thought a lot about your finances now and in the future. You've also talked to me about lots of different strategies that you might be using to improve your finances. So you talked about investing, you talked about negotiating your salary, which is a huge one. And Switching jobs, if switching jobs gives you a bigger increase and exploring side hustles. So say a little bit more about that, your approach to your finances. For sure. So most recently, I've been on the app Rover, which is for dog sitting. And oh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one of my 
side hustles and it's a great side hustle because you get to you have flexibility you can choose like you set on your calendar when you're available and when you're not so yeah if i if i'm not available for september like this month is very busy at work i just blocked out september so i'm not dog sitting in september whereas august i was pretty free so i had like four or five different gigs that month and i think i made like 450 or 500 bucks just from watching people's dogs fantastic it's always a process because you don't know if they're actually like you have to meet you don't have to but i choose to meet the dog before i accept yeah yeah and see where i would be staying and making sure that it's safe and it's a place that i would want to stay and watch their dog yeah so basically yeah there's kind of a screening process where you don't get paid so that's a bit of time on your end if they don't actually choose you but at least you know that you're going to be comfortable with wherever you're staying so it's worked for me so far i haven't had to stay in any houses or have any bad experiences with anybody's dogs and i have a couple lined up for october as of now and yeah it's just it's very relaxing because i like i like to go on walks uh, normally so just me having to take a dog on a walk is it's quite relaxing honestly it's not a it's a very low stress side hustle <laughs> yeah absolutely another interesting one that you've mentioned was negotiating your salary and switching jobs I, I think this is like such an underrated way of improving your financial situation most people get into a job and then assume that's going to be their salary for the next however many years But negotiating your salary upwards is a great way of getting more money. And moving to another job always seems to come with a salary increase. It's almost like you're stuck at a particular salary until you move into another job. So have you found that's been helpful for you in your career? Definitely. It's uh, the only reason I would leave my job is if I was making more money for the most part, unless it's unless it's substantially better like other benefits like maybe I get more vacation or maybe I have better health care or maybe it's work from home I would I would take a pay cut to work from home because you're going to save money on gas and you're going to save time so time is money and for the most part I've been able to negotiate my salary my first job I got them up I think it was like five or six grand from the initial offer so I've always yeah. negotiated like higher than the initial offer. And then my second job was higher paying than my first. I'm on my third job now. So my second job, I moved to a whole new like area and I just kind of wanted to change the scenery. So it's also good yeah. to job hop if you want to explore different regions. And yeah, I just always make sure that when I'm switching, that it's worthwhile to switch. So yeah, yeah. having more money is definitely a big reason to do that. and. Now that I've been at my current job, it'll be two years in March, which it honestly seems way longer than two years. Um, (laughs) So I've done a lot since I've gotten into this position and I've already negotiated my salary, I think three times. (laughs) So in less than two years, because I've taken on like so much and the company has like given me what I've asked for thus far. But we'll see yeah. how it goes next time the, the salaries get discussed. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so how do you do that? I mean, for somebody like me who's maybe less comfortable with negotiating salaries, how, how do you go about negotiating a higher salary? 
Well, I think you have to be good at what you're doing, too. It's hard to ask yeah. for a job if you're not successfully performing. Yeah. But if you are doing a good job and you see that you're like, I look up the market value of my position. And yeah. I also look up like the area because sometimes people make different amounts in different areas. And yeah. then I see if I'm below where I should be or if I'm kind of on the high end. And if I am on the low end, then I bring it up and I say, hey, I'm below market value. Like I'm yeah. performing very well. What can I do to get me to where I should be? That's a great question. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how, how can I get there? Because it doesn't make sense that other people are making this amount and I'm making this amount. Yeah. And yeah, even my current job tried to promote me without a salary increase. So I was getting a completely okay. new title and they wanted to give me eligibility for a bonus. That was the only perk of getting a new title. Yeah. And I said, no, you have to... These two titles have completely different market values, so you it yep. needs to be adjusted. There's about ten grand in the difference between the two of them, so you're going to have to yep. adjust this before I sign any of these papers. And they did make an adjustment. It wasn't ten grand adjustment, but at least they adjusted. I think it was almost seven grand. Wow! And if I if I didn't say anything, if I just signed the papers, like I wouldn't have gotten an extra seven thousand dollars annually. So absolutely, it's crazy. So just kind of advocate for yourself because nobody else will if you, if you don't. That's great advice. So you mentioned to me that you want to be intentional with your time and to be able to craft a life that's more on your own terms. And I, I really love that philosophy. So how did you come to think this way? I guess my brother, he is kind of brilliant. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he's always kind of, he's much older than me, so he's 12 years older. And he has always kind of looked out for me and he's financially savvy. He's always been like, hey, you should get Quest Trade and start investing like from an early age. Yeah, yeah I got to get like Quest Trade. Just sign up. Just put a couple like put 100 away a month or something like that. And he's 40 and he could have retired already. And he's working part time and he gets to spend so much time with his kids. He's like coaching his kids sporting events and he just kind of has all that flexibility that you'd ever want and he seems to just be enjoying everything that life has to offer him you know so when you see other people who are being maybe less intentional with their time and not crafting the life they want to live what would you say to those people yeah i guess that's the hard thing is a lot of people think that things will change even if they'd make no changes so I say, like, if this is the life you have right now and, and you don't like it, what are you doing to improve your life? Like, it won't, yeah. it won't get any better if you don't take any steps to improve it. So even small little steps can, can make a big change. So in terms of, like, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have the money. I, I don't have, like, I can't, I can't make more money. And I say, like, okay, well, I guess reduce your expenses. And they're like, oh, I don't have anywhere to lose. Like, I don't have anywhere to spare money. There's yeah, often places you can, like, oh, do you ate out for lunch three days this week? Like, yeah. you should pack your lunch instead. Like, those, those little steps and decisions can really add up over time. And you can find a way. You just have to, you have to take the first step. Well, I, I really appreciate your talking to me about your work journey and your financial journey. And it's so good to see the amazing things you're doing with your money and with your life.
listeners, if you'd like to connect with A, you can follow her on Instagram at Growing Her Wealth for her big, bold, green and white posts that she posts there regularly. A, thanks so much for joining me on the Quit Work podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Thanks for listening to the Quit Work podcast. I love talking to people who have taken the bold step of quitting their job to start living their true life. Join me for a fresh conversation every week. Subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel at quitworkprojects.com. And if you have any comments on this episode, or if you'd like to tell your own quit work story, I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at quitworkproject.com or on Twitter or Instagram at quitworkproject. I hope you too find your way to quitting work and living your true life.